Welcome to Warrior, the art of war for life, a podcast for those who want to win. Leadership lessons, motivational mindsets, empowering principles, success strategies, and transformational tactics from Swinza, the master of victory. I'm your guide on the side, David Boyd, award-winning educator, transformational speaker, and certified life coach. It's time to start winning at life. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad you're here. This is our final episode of 2023, episode 43. And I just want to take a moment to wish you all a happy new year. What an amazing ride. I am so excited for 2024. There are so many amazing things coming our way with the podcast. I have a super exciting announcement. My new website is up, www.theartofwarforlife.com. On it, there's a wealth of resources to help you take the next step in your own journey. So check it out and let me know what you think. And yes, it's finally here. The first Art of War for Life publication is finally here. As I reflected on what more I could do to help you all, my wife suggested I create a guided journal. To be honest, I didn't even know what that was exactly. But as I looked around at the available options, I felt like it was exactly what I wanted and needed to do to help you all take whatever next steps you might be looking to take in your own lives. So I partnered with Amazon to create Planning to Win, a transformative guided journal to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in any area of your life. In it, I present 52 motivational concepts from Swinza's Art of War. Each one includes a beautiful calligraphy and, of course, because it's me, an etymology of the original Chinese character, an inspirational quote, a simple yet inspiring affirmation practice, some self-discovery prompts, and a next step reflection. In it, I tried to put everything I could to help you take the next step to maybe recover some of the things that you've lost, to uncover some things that are buried deep down inside, and to discover all the great things that are waiting up ahead. So check it out. Search Planning to Win on Amazon.com. Isn't it time to start winning at life? Last week, we discussed the third of Swinza's five butt-kicking bootcamp strategies to become battle-ready for life, bringing order to chaos. If you missed it, go back and check it out. Oh, and as a reminder, the views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the United States Air Force Academy, the Air Force, the Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Thank you. Thank you very much. This week, we're discussing the fourth of Swinza's five butt-kicking bootcamp strategies to become battle-ready for life. Embrace encouraging beliefs and send fear fleeing. So let's go. Returning to the first half of chapter 5.4 of Swinza's Art of War, we read, Enemy chaos is born from our good order, their cowardice from our courage, their weakness from our strength. Swinza states that we instill cowardice in an enemy through our own courage. At the same time, courage is born from facing our fear. If we want to become battle-ready for life, it is absolutely critical to embrace beliefs, thoughts, feelings, and actions that encourage and empower us. So strategy number four is to encourage, to become brave, and to embrace empowering beliefs. The fourth of Swinza's five butt-kicking bootcamp strategies to become battle-ready for life is to embrace encouraging beliefs, to become brave, 
to encourage and send fear fleeing. So let's start with fear. We all feel it. It's embedded into our DNA. It is a survival instinct, part of our fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response system. The Chinese character that Sun Tzu uses here is Chie, which means fear, afraid, or cowardice. The etymology of Chie is pretty straightforward. The character is comprised of the heart on the left and the verb to go or leave on the right. Taken together, they convey the feeling of wanting to get out of a fearful situation, to leave or to run away. In other words, our instinctive flight response triggered by fear. However, we are more than just our hardwired instincts. If we always let ourselves react and respond at an instinctual level, we're no better than animals devoid of our higher faculties. Now it's totally normal to feel fear. In fact, we will fear as an instinctive response, that biochemical reaction to potential threats in our environment, but we need not constantly let that dictate our actions. So there's a difference between that biochemical fear and the conditioned belief set around fear. See, it's not the acute rush of adrenaline from a momentary shock of fear that discourages us. No, it's the chronic doomsday storytelling, the negative narratives that we choose to assign to our festering fears and our debilitating doubts. Remember, fear is not a phenomenon that exists anywhere outside of our own psyche. It burrows into our hearts and minds, but it is an enfeebling illusion, a false facade, one that I know a lot about. As I mentioned way back in episode zero, I lived most of my life in fear, and I let fear dictate and direct my choices and my actions. So aside from the natural biochemical feelings of fear that come up in a potential threat situation, what kind of fears do we really need to watch out for? I recently was reading a book by Dr. Lee Balcom on marriage. I read a lot of different books. Uh, most of what I read is leadership, character development, growth mindset, sorts of things, emotional intelligence, etc., etc., etc. However, I also, because I'm a husband and a father, I also occasionally read some books on marriage and I read some books on parenting. And in this book by Dr. Balcom, he kind of goes off on a tangent about fear, which I thought was really interesting. And he identified four basic fears that usually trigger deep-seated fear belief responses. And I found them very, very interesting. The first was not having enough. The second was not being enough. The third was not being loved enough. And the fourth was not being ideal enough. From his list of four, I was really able to articulate four fear-based threats that we need to watch out for in our lives. The first one is our own sense of security. When we feel insecure or unsafe in a situation, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, social, right, wherever it falls into that mess of our own existence, and our own narrative storytelling, that one is closest to our biochemical response. And yet, we feel life and death threatened by situations today 
that are not actually life and death. Because of the stories that we tell, because of the meaning that we assign to them, that biochemical fight or flight response, you know, back in the old days when we were potentially facing predators and danger, was designed to really get us out of a situation. And nowadays, we've kind of tricked our own physiology, we've tricked our own biology, right? We've, we now feel that fear response in so many areas that are not actually life or death. And because of that, we feel totally debilitated. So one of the things that we get to do as higher mammals is we have the ability to think. We think, therefore we are. We have the ability to move beyond our instinctive responses to a more intentional, values-based approach to our lives. And so whenever we feel insecure or unsafe, we can take a step back and say, what is the actual threat here? And, and then we can decide what our best course of action is. Unless there's a fire or a natural disaster, we can take a few seconds and step out of a situation, even just in our own minds and in our own feelings, and assess, right? Because how we're feeling in the moment, what is behind that trigger of fear, is going to be tied to our conditioning, to our beliefs about what that situation means. Here's a great middle school example. I remember one day I showed up at school and I was wearing this shirt that I thought was so cool because I was like 11 and thought it was like super cool. And I thought I was like all that. Anyway, show up at school and there's this other kid there who's wearing the exact same shirt. And in that moment, it like triggered that fear response of, oh my heck, he's wearing the exact same shirt that I am. And so then there's all this storytelling that starts in, right? What are people gonna say about, you know, the two of us wearing the exact same shirt? What does it mean? Right. And then there's all this judgment about what I think about the other person, what, the, what everybody else is going to think about the other person and how that's going to reflect upon me. None of that is an actual real threat. None of that is an actual real life or death threat. It's just storytelling. And the fear is not actually about being in an unsafe or insecure situation. All that's insecure is our own sense of identity. And so that is actually tied into, right, so that's the second of those fears. If, if our first core fear is a fear of being in an unsafe or insecure environment, which middle school is definitely 
an insecure and unsafe environment, by the way. Um, I was bullied in middle school. Um, I remember, man, what a, what a brutal environment. You've got all these kids going through puberty and um, all the insecurities of that and social pressures, peer pressures, expectations, coming of age, hormones beginning to run through everybody's body and you throw them all into a mix at school and it's like Lord of the Flies. Like we're talking 1984 sort of stuff. It's just horrible. And at the same time, it's also amazing. Anyway, uh, I kind of digress here for a moment. So aside from that insecurity and unsafe fear, the second fear is this fear of not being enough. Fear of not being good enough, fear of not being pretty enough, smart enough, fast enough, strong enough. Just fear of not being enough, which is a fear not about the safety of our environment, but a fear about our own identity, who we are in that environment. And that is then closely tied to the third fear, which Dr. Balcom had related to not being loved enough or being lovable enough, which is really about a sense of belonging. We all need to experience acceptance. We all need that sense of belonging. And in the absence of a sense of belonging, we try harder and harder to fit in, sometimes in the wrong places. And so there's that deep-seated fear that I don't belong, that I'm going to be rejected, that I'm not going to be loved, not going to be valued, not going to be seen for who I am, as I am. And so then we end up taking on all of these facades, these fake identities. And the more we do that, the more fear we experience because we're living a lie. And there's this constant fear underneath the, you know, underneath the face of it all that says, if people knew the real me, they would reject me. I wouldn't be accepted. I don't belong. So that's the third fear. So we have a sense of safety, sense of security, we have a sense of identity, and then we have a sense of belonging. And then the fourth one is the sense of an ideal. And what he's actually talking about here is dreams, something better. As human beings, we have the ability to dream, to create these grand visions and these ideals, these big deals right, these grand endeavors, these personal missions, we create our own significance for our lives. Call it mission, whatever it is, we get to create those. And then at the same time, there's a fear that comes with these, which is things can't get better. I can't change. I will never achieve whatever that is out there, that goal, that dream that I want. 
right? That ideal state. So those fears, those are our dream killers. Those are the fears that do the most damage in our lives because they're the ones that cause us to give up, to give in, to sell out, and to settle for less than in our lives. So beware of those dream killers. They're the ones that are tied to this incapable lie that I can't do it, that I can't make it, that it's futile, right? That futility farce. So those are the four core fears. Insecurity, identity, belonging, and dream killing. So be really aware of those four fears in your life and just step back and be like, whenever you think of, whenever you experience a moment of fear and you feel that fight or flight response, right? Step back and actually ask yourself, what is being threatened here? Is it my sense of safety? Is it my sense of identity? Is it my sense of belonging? Or is it my sense of an ideal dream state? And then you'll know how to approach that fear better. Then you'll be able to lean into that fear. So how do we move away? How do we move from flinching to facing fear? From running away in flight to Shakespeare's King Henry V? Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Once more. We've talked a lot about the etymology of fear and how fear shows up in our lives. Let's talk about the antidote, which is courage. As I discussed in episode four, courage is the clarion call to work, to fight, to build, that reverberates like the chime of a bell. This brings us back to what we discussed in episode four. So it's five essential leadership attributes, one of which was courage. So the courage to stand up, the courage to act. We're not talking about ever existing in a no-fear environment, but we can choose to exist in a fearless environment where we literally fear less and we give fear less power in our lives. Because our courage sends fears to flight. Because the reality is, Fear is the coward. Fear is like a bully. It talks tough. It gets all up in our face. It yells at us. It screams at us. You're not going to make it. You're not good enough. You don't belong. You'll never be loved. There's nothing better out there. And yet, when we stand up to our fear, it slinks away. Back in episode four, I quoted Will Smith, who said, fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It's a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. It's not real. Fear is not real. It's not a thing that exists outside of ourselves. And so once again, the problem is the possibility. The obstacle is the opportunity. If fear only exists inside of us, then the only place we can deal with it is inside of us. 
which means we have the power to fight that battle. Also in episode four, I quoted from Frank Herbert's Dune, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. So part of facing our fear is to just feel it, is to acknowledge it, to express it, to give it a momentary place and realize that it is going to walk away. It is going to pass. Because if we don't, if we resist the fear, if we try and suppress the fear, if we try and hide the fear, if we don't acknowledge it, it's going to continue like passive aggressively to operate in our lives. But the instant we face it, the instant we express it, we give it a name, we acknowledge that it's there, then we can move through it. We can choose something better and then it'll go away and we will still be there. This is something that I dug into a little bit more, pretty deeply, in episode 23. Five attributes to level up your life in two minutes or less, one of which was the two minutes to face your fear exercise, which is comprised of facing our fear. It's just the acronym FEAR, right? F-E-A-R. Face your fear, express it, acknowledge it, and reframe it. And reframing it goes back to uh, the Ambrose Redmond quote, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. And so once we give it a place, a momentary place, because a fear is trying to tell us something, but it's usually not trying to tell us what we think it is. See, the value of fear is knowing what is under, what is behind it. Is it an identity issue? Is it a belonging issue? Is it an environment issue? Or is it a dream issue? That's what we really need to know because then we can really lock in and we can choose something more important. We can choose to counter that with courage. Interestingly enough, Ambrose Redmond was actually quoting from Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the 32nd president of the United States. His original quote was, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than our fear. So this all goes back to what is more important to us than our fears. That's what we need to embrace. That's how we exercise courage in the moment. So how do we embrace encouraging beliefs? Or beliefs that encourage, that put us in courage, that put us in a place of courage rather than discourage us. How do we do that? Well, we can go back to that face your fears exercise from episode 23. Most importantly, to become brave, we need to raise the bar in our beliefs about ourselves. There's something I discussed in episode nine, what's it gonna cost me? We need to raise the bar. We have to first conceive of the possibility and the reality of something 
We need to believe in it before we can achieve it and receive it in our lives. There's nothing more discouraging in our lives than our own limiting lies, our labels, and our beliefs that we aren't enough, that we don't belong, that we can't do something, or that we don't deserve more. Because we live with that self-deception 24-7, 365 days a year. So to become brave, we need to embrace empowering beliefs about ourselves, about each other, and about the world. That is a choice each one of us can make at any time. Every time one of those fears is triggered, whether it is a fear of insecurity or a fear of our own identity, our own worth, our own value, our own belonging, our own worthiness, or that things are going to get better, that there is a better reality waiting just up ahead for us. Whatever it is, whenever it comes up, we can make a choice. We can make a brave choice, an encouraging choice to do better, to be better, to see the good in the world. And it doesn't matter what we've believed before or how much evidence from our past we've amassed to support that belief system, because that's what we do. We create our own beliefs and then we experience our beliefs and we validate our beliefs. But if our beliefs aren't serving us and if they aren't getting us what we want or where we want to be in our lives, they're not empowering and encouraging us to show up in our lives with power and passion and purpose, then it's time to change it. It's time to cut it loose. It's time to let it go. We can change our story starting right now. That is courage. On the verge of 2024, I would encourage all of you to be brave. Take a look at the lies and the limits that you've accepted for yourself, for your future, for your possibility, for your present. Let go of all the ways that your past has held you back and held you down and prevented you from moving forward. The past is the past. It doesn't matter if something was true in the past. It doesn't have to be true today. And it doesn't have to be true for the rest of your lives. All it takes is a little courage. And all those fears that are going to come up and peck at you in this cacophony of fear, like a murder of crows, pecking at you, saying, you can't do it, you're not enough, you're never gonna change, things are never going to be different, you don't belong, you are not going to make it, you're not capable of anything else, you've always been this way, whatever it is, let it go. If you can just conceive of a world where those fears are out of your life, think about what your life would look like. What would your life look like without that fear, whatever fear it is you're experiencing in the moment. What would life look like without that fear? What would life look like if you could just for two seconds choose courage and choose something better? If you can conceive of a world where that fear does not dominate your life, and if you can believe in the possibility of living without it and being free of it, then you can achieve that. You can live without it, and you will receive that life without that fear. That will become your new reality, your new existence. Within each one of us, 
lies a boundless ocean of potential just waiting to be discovered. Break free from the chains of self-limiting beliefs and let the waves of possibility carry you towards the shores of your dreams. You are amazing. You are awesome. You are a powerful being with a profound purpose on this planet. You have great gifts to give the world. The world needs you. There are people out there who are just waiting for you to show up in their lives with courage. It takes courage to believe that. So for 2024, I wish you all courage. Send your fears packing. I'll talk to you all next year. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you found this podcast impactful, please like and subscribe and join us for new episodes every Warrior Wednesday. For more information, tools, and resources to help you in your daily battles, for questions or to work with me, shoot me an email at artofwarforlife at gmail.com. Most importantly, always remember the power to win resides within. There is always a way.